Anderson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. The premiers of 1992. The 1994 we're chatting AFLW signings, all the latest fixture news, plus we'll preview our Round 11 clash with Carlton. I'm your host, Honey Badger 35 and joining me this week is Miguel Sanchez. How are you going? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm good. Had to renew my heart medication over the weekend after um, Saturday night's game, but I'm all right now. Great to hear. Great to hear that you're all right. Yes, there are a few people pretty stressed. There are a few uh, remotes flung across living rooms in WA, I would suspect, certainly mine included. We'll get into the Cats game very shortly, of course, but before we do so, I'd also like to introduce back to the show for the first time in uh, quite a long time, actually. Please welcome back Keys. How are you going? Yeah, good. Yeah, good to be back for a little bit. Haven't been on since the Victorian rant, so it's been a while. A few wins in that span, a few losses, so uh, it's not all you. A few downs and ups, but yeah, we're on the... um on the right course at the moment by the look of it. We very much are. Now, before we begin this week, a quick plug off the top, as I am prone to do. Thanks to everybody who's following us on Twitter and on Big Footy, subscribing, rating on iTunes, following us on Spotify, all of that good stuff. It does really help the show. But this week, we have also joined Facebook. So if you would like to get some Big Footy podcast content in your news feed, a lot of GIFs, a few sort of news updates throughout the week and things like that, just a good place to chat footy with some fellow Eagles mates as well please feel free to do so. You can just search for Eagles Big Footy Podcast on Facebook. On with the show. West Coast Eagles, 11-7-73, defeated Geelong, 10-4-64. Now, we've got a couple of three-word reviews off the top. These are from Twitter, so thank you to those people who sent them through. First up, we've got Shades of 2018, the complete package... Josh freaking Kennedy, and Miguel, I actually think this one might have been yours, Natanui Ruck Masterclass. Now, the Eagles were the first club this year to come back from a deficit at three-quarter time, the first club since the restart to do that. They were definitely led by Kennedy. They were definitely led by Natanui. And one particular passage of play, Miguel, really sticks in the mind. Pretty much it was a, a masterclass, like you said, 10 coaches votes for Natanui. Let's start there. How good is this guy right now? Yeah, uh, fantastic, wasn't he? And um, that tap to him was uh, in the fourth quarter was the stuff of wet dreams. Um, it sort of it looked like a set play, and I think Kennedy said it was a bit of a set play, but um, I couldn't believe that they they pulled out you know that play at the uh, you know such a crucial stage of a, a crucial game. That was pretty ballsy. Yeah, it was an awesome play. We saw them discuss it after the game. Simo even said he's told the forwards to stay away, to stay out of the contest. But if that's the result, then. Uh, Take a hike, Simo. Josh Kennedy can do that every single time. Keys, the Eagles are on fire right now. Uh, They were down by as much as 22 in the game. They stormed home in really impressive fashion. They're the first team to win five straight this year. We mentioned there's been a few ups and downs on the season, but 
definitely looking now off the back of the Geelong win, definitely off the back of the Collingwood win the week before as well. Things are really clicking for the Eagles in a way that we haven't really seen previously in 2020. No, I think there's probably signs of it in the Derby and a couple of games before that. But certainly Collingwood clicked. And, you know, I, I thought the game on Saturday was just a really high-quality game. You know, Geelong, came, Geelong played really well. I think, you know, credit where it's due. I, you know, Geelong controlled the game for sort of long periods through that, that first, particularly the, the back half of the second quarter. I thought they were pretty much in control. And, I, and in some ways, I think we were probably lucky that we weren't further than whatever it was, two and a half goals behind it at half time because Geelong perhaps didn't quite get true value for the, the way they were controlling the game. But, you know, we, we made adjustments at half time and, you know, got the game back onto our terms a little bit, largely through uh, Nat Nui sort of just exerting his dominance through the middle and getting us going in the stoppages and like Shuey and Kelly and Shee, Joe, they all went to work and yeah, gave gave our forwards the opportunities and 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 that backline seemed to, to tighten up and those those sort of goals that Geelong were getting out the back in the first half they dried up and without that they didn't really have a proper avenue to goal and in in some ways I think we possibly could have won by a little bit more we were sort of steaming over the top of them by the end of the game. Keys, you touched there on the Cats' ability to deny the Eagles the ball. We mentioned it last week on the show that they hold teams to the fewest marks in footy. The Eagles averaged the most marks in footy. We normally take about 81 per game. And last weekend, just the 57 marks. Now, currently, the Crows are last in the league for marks per game. They averaged nearly 60. So for 57 marks, that is a staggeringly low number for the Eagles and indeed just for any team in 2020. So you've got to take your hat off to the Cats there and say, look, they did a really good job denying us the ball. But keys like you touched on, once things started to click, the midfield went up again. Nick Nat was just leading the way and the defence tightened up in, in quite a nice way as well. Once everything started to click for the Eagles, we did look back to that sort of untouchable best that we started to see the week before. Miguel, the other story, and we've touched on him very briefly, but Josh Kennedy is back 100%. There is no doubt about it now. He's leading the Coleman. There's been a few question marks over him this year, even his accuracy this year. But in the last couple of weeks, we've seen him kick four goals straight, kick seven goals straight. He kicked four, four the week before, but we'll give him a pass for that. Leading the Coleman, Josh Kennedy, three massive goals towards the end of the game. He's back. What does this mean for our forward line? What does this mean for the outlook of the season? How good is it to have Josh Kennedy firing again? Yeah, well, it was a strange game for him, really, because he kicked that first goal within about 15 seconds and then just about went unsighted for... Um, the majority of three quarters after that, and then came alive again in the in the uh, final term. And yeah, as you said, kicked three goals. But I, I think that's the sign of a champion that you know he can be shut out of the game for a while, but he'll always keep working and keep presenting, and, and the chances will come. Um, yeah, he's in some great form. Uh, it, it's great for us, uh, provided he can keep it up. We've spoken at length about you know the fact he's aging. He, maybe in his last season, he might be getting one more, but. Um, our older players do tend to sort of drop off a cliff a bit. So there was thoughts uh, earlier on in the season that that might have happened to him. That seems uh, now very premature, but, um, yeah, certainly can't take it for granted. It's great while it's happening, and um, he's you know, now leading the Coleman and, and everything. But if he does have another little form slump, then you know, at least we know he can work through it. And you know, in the meantime, he can you know, if he's not kicking goals, he can be a decoy so that you know, guys like Darling and Waterman and Allen can kick some goals. So, yeah, it's great that um, 
great that he's playing as well as he is at the moment and giving us a real focal point. Plenty to like in the forward line. Plenty to like in the midfield as well, and especially in the ruck. Nat Nui, 72% time on ground, which is his highest percentage since 2016. Now you have to say, look, the quarters are a little bit shorter than they were back in 2016, but it's nice to see that he is starting to build into uh, you know, a, a longer stretch of game time played. Special shout-out on Twitter as well, WC Karras, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, defended Nick Nats on a pretty uh, vigorously this this week when we got a couple of challenges from Port fans and from various fans knocking his game. Another perfect 10 coaches' votes for him. So awesome in the middle, awesome in the forward line. Keys, let's talk about the back line now. They've been in red-hot form over the last few weeks. There was a new addition, a fresh face to the back line in Harry Edwards. He lasted, well, unfortunately not that long before uh, unfortunately suffering a concussion. But prior to that, he looked hungry for the ball. He was chasing after it pretty well. And... Ultimately, playing a man down, the back line did do quite a good job, particularly in the second half. What was your take on our back line? Yeah, I think the back line, they were under pressure early. I mean, Edwards didn't get a lot of a look at it, you know, a quarter and a bit, but didn't look out of place in the, the short time he was out there. I thought Herm, was, Herm seemed to be quite early, and he came, I think, from the second quarter onwards, he came into the game. Brass had a pretty good duel with Hawkins. I think they probably split. Split the difference, those two. I think Hawkins did some nice things, but Brass took a few good marks and what have you. They're a small defence, like led by Duggan. Now, Duggan, Nelson, and Cole are actually sort of seeming to form into a fairly decent little group at the moment. They're not, they're not making too many errors, and and Duggan's really Duggan in particular seems to be really maturing as a as a heir apparent as a as a leader in that in that back half. Yeah, you know, he had a good game at Collingwood. I think he's had a pretty good season. But against Toulonga, I thought he, he he was very good. He's he's not making those mistakes, and he's 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 really got some good core strength in his body. I think he, I can't remember who the player was. The uh, it was Simpson, I think, that he um he ran through so he get the ball and just iron the bike out. Nothing untoward with the way he did it, but he's he's obviously hardened up his body. Uh, the, the other one was Waterman. Obviously, had to go back. Uh, to cover the loss of Edwards, and he wasn't um, outstanding, but I think he did a he did a job. He, I think he fumbled fumbled the mark a little bit in the last quarter. That looked a bit nervy, but you know he showed that he he can be moved around the ground a little bit and got a little bit of versatility to him as well. Now, before we move away from the Cats game, I think Keys might have mentioned it before, but certainly a great game, one of the best games of the season. It felt like footy was properly back. It was very intense, high energy. Miguel, I think the atmosphere at the game was great. It certainly came through loud on the telly. One thing I will question with our crowd, are we, have we lost our touch? What's going on here, gents? The Eagles rank dead last in the league for free kicks four. Meanwhile, you swing it across to the Dockers. They are first or last, however you want to look at it. They give away the fewest free kicks in the league. So their crowd's doing the business, evidently. Miguel, what's going on with our crowd? Are our checks bouncing? Are the crowd not booing enough? <laughs> Why are we last in the league in freeze four? Well, look, it's definitely not for lack of trying. Uh, and I was very hoarse on Sunday morning from some of the advice that I was giving Razor Ray. Whether it's a, I don't know, is it like a reverse, it, it's having the reverse effect, but the umpires are deciding you know, we're not going to be influenced by the crowd, so they're not paying the free kicks. I don't know. Um, that game was pretty poorly umpired, I thought, but that went both ways. Um, there was a lot of calls both ways that seemed to be missed. There was a couple of pretty obvious holding the ball decisions for us. Um, nice goal review dropped in there as well. Well, the goal review seemed to work the way it should have done as, as far as I could see. Yeah, that's um, fair. That's fair. And it, it's hard looking at the big the, the, the goal umpire's call 
I think it was a goal. She thought it come off the toe. Uh, the, the vision wasn't conclusive whether or not it had. So, um, so her call stands. So, yeah, I was no. There was um, plenty of people booing around me, but I was all right with that decision. I thought, but no, just some of the um, some some of the umpiring calls. There was a couple of uh, terrible holding the ball calls on us, but then there was a couple that um, just seemed to get missed. Where you know, Nat he takes the ball out of the clean out of the ruck and then gets tackled, doesn't get a correct disposal. That's been holding the ball for years, but it wasn't. Yeah, stuff like that. So I don't, it was poor. And we were certainly letting the umpires know, but I didn't think we got necessarily the worst of it. I just thought some of their calls were really poor. Oh, well, we'll have to uh, step it up this weekend against Carlton. Last in the league for the Eagles is disgraceful. And, you know, you, you see there's always graphs and charts, all the light coming around from opposition fans. The Eagles are always, you know, most freeze or best differential, all this business. Mate, we are getting the fewest freeze in the league. I'm not happy about it. I don't want to flag that doesn't come off the back of cheap umpiring. That is not what this club was built on, and it's not what I'll stand for. All right, moving along with some news from the week. It's been a big week for footy news, and yet again, we will start with the AFLW. Another decisive week for the AFLW campaign of the West Coast Eagles. It is time for them to start building the list, and they have done so in a number of ways this week. First off, announcing the retaining, I suppose, the extension of Neve and Grace Kelly, very popular players in their own right in the Eagles' inaugural season. They will be back not just for the upcoming season, but the following one as well. So fantastic to see Neve and Grace coming back. Very, very popular figures around the club. And also, Miguel, we've added another Irish recruit, this time a bit more of an experienced one. Ashling McCarthy has come across from the Western Bulldogs. She's been on their list now for a couple of years, at first as a forward, but though last year, definitely much more of a midfielder. And all the mail out of the Eagles is that, yes, she is a midfielder. That's somebody who's going to be involved in that unit alongside your Dana Hookers of the world as well. We're beefing up that midfield, getting Swanson some help, getting Hooker some help. Ashling McCarthy, Miguel, what do you make of the signature there and indeed the retaining of the other Irish duo? Uh, well, it's great that you know, the, the Kelly sisters were two of our shining lights in 2020 and you know, get, getting a third one's great. We had that end of first round priority pick that we needed to trade to get a player in. So I had a post on the board about how actually forcing us to trade it lowers its value for us and also there's issues around, you know, we've, we've got to try and find a player who's prepared to come to WA. So... I don't know how big that pool was, but um, yeah, she certainly seems like someone who'll come in and, and help out straight away. My only uh, reluctance about it is that um, they've said that the Irish girls will be back for pre-season training, which I think is sort of early November, but you know, do we know that they'll actually be able to get in the country by then? And you know, if if they're locked out, you know, potentially locked out of the, the 2021 season, if the borders haven't reopened, then you know that's um, three very important players for us that we won't have, but um, I suppose we'll just have to wait and see with that. But, yeah, um, as as this uh, AFLW trade period's going on, I think they really need to focus on trying to get some key forwards because that's really what we were missing uh, over 2020. But, yeah, again, I don't know how many of them there are going around. Just tidying up the draft pick swap element of this. So we traded pick two, which we had for finishing, you know, the natural finish on the ladder. That pick two was just our regular pick. And pick 16, which was a sort of a priority pick, a supplementary pick, uh, as Miguel touched on. So we traded 2 and 16 for 3 
and Ashling McCarthy. But because of the way the draft works, basically pick two and three have the same value to us. It's all done in regional pools. And because we're in the WA pool, we have the first pick uh, of this sort of region anyway. So effectively, we've traded one pick away and we've added a pretty experienced midfielder to the group. So congratulations to uh, Ashling on her move to the West. Congratulations to the Kelly sisters for staying. And congratulations to the fans on Big Footy because I think they are, like I've touched on, definitely some of the fan favourites. So great to see them back. Swinging back across to the men's competition now, today we did see some confirmation of the round 13 fixture. Now, Keys, it has long been believed the Eagles would play GWS, and that is in fact the case. We now have the date, Sunday 23rd of August. The Eagles will play GWS at 10 past four, another afternoon game. Seven-day break for the Eagles, 10-day break for the Giants. Bit of an interesting one from a rest angle, I suppose. Both of the clubs should be pretty well-rested and ready to go for that clash. What's your take? Yeah, I think it's really interesting just at the moment, for for the time being anyway, we've got what's been a pretty regular season fixture. You know, we're playing Saturdays or Sundays, and round 13 just continues a, a decent run. When you, when you look at what um, you know, other clubs have had put in front of them, we're being treated rather kindly just at the minute. So I'll take that for now. Obviously, I think as Simpson's alluded to in his press conferences at different times that our turn to come and we'll get a crunch somewhere along the line. But it's just important that this this next next block of games where we've got three more games, Carlton Hawthorne and GWS, we really need to take advantage of, of those being at home, given that, you know, down the track we're, we're perhaps going to have to go and hub in Queensland again and, and have a, a shorter breaks between games. So we can get through these next three and get to... What, what are we near? Six and three. So nine and three uh, with five games to go, that puts us in a fairly, that would put us in a pretty handy position going into a more difficult fixture run to end the season. The other point with that is that there was a story coming out today that the AFL is looking at polling the, the teams that have had these short turnarounds that we've missed out on, uh, on, on the effect it's having on players. So I've got this little dream scenario where the AFL does that and they um, the other clubs turn around and say, no, look, this is too hard on our players. We shouldn't have these four-day breaks. And so the AFL goes, right, okay, then we'll we'll do away with those and we'll just have standard fixtures from here to the end. Uh, and then clubs like us and uh, and Fremantle that haven't that have had buys and haven't had the four- and five-day breaks just get away with not having any. That'd be great. I'm sure it would uh, drive the Collingwoods and Geelongs nuts. But... Uh, I don't know. I think they'll they'll fix dress in with a with a crunch somewhere, just in the interests of fairness. I think they'll make sure everyone's got one. They they've just got to be sure they stamp out that WA bias. It is getting to be a bit of a joke these days. So good stuff, AFL. Very good. Main event time now, and it is round eleven. Although it is this weekend, interestingly enough, last weekend round nine, this weekend round eleven. But all that matters is that the Eagles do play Carlton, who come in in a bit of an interesting pattern here. They've gone win-loss, win-loss, win-loss over their last six games. It seems like this game is going to be dictated by the weather. It certainly seems like team selection is going to have to factor in the weather because we are looking at some torrential rain, perhaps even a bit of a thunderstorm. The Eagles, not wet weather specialists, and Carlton do play quite a contested in and under brand of footy. So, Keys, it's an interesting one to get us underway this week. But uh, before we begin with the analysis, let's pick the team. A few injuries this week, a few rumoured injuries. Who do you have coming in and out in time to face the Blues? Yeah, it's a bit up in the air. I mean, 
seems seems like Ryan's under a cloud if he hasn't definitively been ruled out. The news I've seen on McGovern is not particularly optimistic, so it doesn't look like he'll be coming back. Edwards was a pretty nasty, nasty blow. So, you know, whether he comes back in after a concussion or not, so you, you, you're perhaps looking at uh, a return of the um, angry ant Schofield, perhaps, to come in for Edwards if McGovern isn't right. And I don't know. I don't know if Redden's Redden. I think is a question mark. If he perhaps come in for Ainsworth if if he's right, and then um, Ryan, we could see. Uh, I think Nick Reed's been in the emergencies on a couple of occasions already this year, so perhaps Nick Reed might get a. A, uh, a surprise debut, given where he came. He was the last, well, second last spot in the list. Uh, maybe he or Tracy comes in to um, replace Ryan. Yeah, I pretty much echo those thoughts. Keys, I've got, it's tough. If Gov's ready, you've got to play him. But in the weather, I actually don't mind going a bit smaller. Carlton have some good marking options. Mitch McGovern expected to come back. Kaz Bolt's always been a good mark, and he's you know finally starting to sort out the kicking up forward, it would appear. So... Do you need to body them up, or do you go in with somebody a bit more agile, like a Rotham? Yeah, Rotham was one. I, I was just thinking, I think I forgot Rotham, so he'd, perhaps he'd come in before Schofield. Um, that seems to be the way the match committee are going. Yeah, I think on a dry day, I'd go Schofield, but the, the weather is going to be a factor for me. So, look, you have to play Gov, like I said, if he's ready. But if he's not, maybe Rotham for Edwards, Redden for Ainsworth. And, yes, if it if it does appear that Ryan is going to be out with a hamstring, which is... Jungle drums are certainly starting to sound on that front. So perhaps Ryan is out. You're looking at Nick Reid most likely being the next option uh, given the health of our remaining small forwards. Miguel, your thoughts on the changes? Yeah, uh, pretty similar to that. As you said, with a dry, if it was a dry day, then I'd, yeah, I'd want Schofield to come in, uh, assuming neither Gov or Edwards is available, um, to play on you know one of the, the Carlton Tools, Casbolt or McKay or, uh, or McGovern, there McGovern. But you know, if, if it's a wet day, I think that's less of an issue. And Rotham's pretty um, versatile and adaptable. And if Edwards isn't available, they're the sort of guys we need to start getting games into. So rather than you know Schofield, who's you know, in his in his almost certainly his last season and you know, one foot out the door with his his other business interests and, and something, you know, he can come in and do a job. But I don't think that's um, our priority at this stage. Yeah, Redden. I'm assuming he'll be available. If he's not, then it might be might be a chance to uh, get some more new blood in and and play um, either O'Neill or or Brayshaw. O'Neill's probably better suited to that the outside role that Ainsworth has been playing, and Redden will probably play. But um, Brayshaw was a bit of a wet weather specialist uh, last year in the Waffle, so he could be a sneaky chance of a debut. Um, yeah, what I don't want to see is Redden in for Ryan with Ainsworth just going into the forward line because I don't think that worked the week before. Uh, and just generally speaking, um, playing the spare midfielder as the forward hasn't really worked for us, although there there is a possibility that could happen um, with another player that I'll, I'll, was your theory, so I'll let you explain it. No, no, well, we'll get to that in a bit when we look at some <laughs> matchups. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. That's, oh, okay. Uh, that's... No, you didn't want, to, didn't want to do that one now? Sorry. No, we'll keep the powder dry. That's a bit of sizzle. It's, <laughs> it's very similar to a theory I had last week about Tui, who carved us up, so I felt a bit vindicated in that, but we will. There's, there's this week's dose of sizzle. We'll get to that towards the back end. Let's take a look at Carlton very quickly. Oh, not last, excuse me. Second last. 17th in the competition in disposals. Having just played the Cats who play a high disposal game and they keep teams, they keep the ball away from teams. 
This is the inverse now. Finally, the Eagles are playing a club that should uh, sort of cede the ball to us and, and give it back to us, let us play our game. That is weather permitting, of course, but if we can get that kick mark game style going, we could see a very high mark, high disposal game from the Eagles this week. Keys, there's a couple of matchups we need to talk about. Miguel and myself have already put a bit of sizzle in for one we'll discuss in a moment, but I think the headline matchup when you play Carlton has to be Paddy Cripps. Uh, he is clearly their out and out best player. He's a star of the competition at such a young age as well, but. In and under, on a wet day, physical bloke. He uh, can really work inside like the best of them. So traditionally, we've sort of suggested the Elliot Yo to the big body mid matchup. Is that where you think we'll go this week? I think so. Um, possibly if Redden comes back in, I might put you know get Redden to stand to stand next to him. But with Hutchings not available, we we don't seem to really have worried about a tagger in any of our games this year. To any great extent, so I think um, I think the ruck dominance of Nat Nui has given us the the advantage of just saying to our mids, just play your games, and and we've just been happy to go head to head with uh, in recent weeks with the midfields we've gone up against. So Cripps puts another challenge that we haven't had. I think you know Yo seemed to spend a bit of time next to Dangerfield, but so did Kelly at times. I think Simpson will probably just back our guys in. Unless Cripps does start getting away from us, um, I, I don't see us specifically tagging him as such. Just um, letting our group collectively go and, and do their thing. All right, Miguel, I'll throw to you on this one. It's a joint theory. We've both come to it, uh, <laughs> I suppose, at the same time, independently of one another. But go for your life on this one. Sam Doherty, he's back. He's healthy. He's finally playing footy again after a really rough couple of years for him, which is nice to see. But just for the weekend, maybe if he could settle down because he is first in the league in rebound 50s. He's third in the league in metres gained. He does a lot of driving for Carlton off that half-back line and he, and he really powers them on the rebound. Miguel, how do we stop Doherty this week? Uh, well, the theory that you and I independently came up with um, is if uh, if Hutchings is available, um, bearing in mind he's been injured just about since the restart. Uh, he's played, I think, one... They've, they've only had one scrimmage match. Uh, the club officially told me on Twitter um, they've only had the, the one scrimmage match against Collingwood uh, the night after that game since they've been back in Perth, and that's Hutchings' only game uh, this year, So uh, since the pre-season anyway. Uh, so I'm not sure whether he's fit, but if he's fit, then, yeah, that's... And if he's fit and if Ryan is unavailable, um, then that's a possibility he could come in, um, fill that spot and play a lockdown tagging role on Doherty um, as he did last year against uh, uh, Adam Starr at Essendon. And I think he, he tagged, was it Impey or someone at Hawthorne as well? He, he did it a few weeks in a row anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's that's definitely a possibility. Um, it'll be a big roll of the dice given where he's probably at fitness-wise and also the fact that he wouldn't have really done any training um, with the rest of the forwards. But, yeah, certainly... Uh, if, if Ryan's not available and the cupboard otherwise is very bare in terms of replacements for him with just Nick Reed and uh, Tracy as actual specialist forwards, then, yeah, Hutchings could be a left-field selection to come in and, and do that role on Doherty. Now, it's the first time we've seen Carlton come to Optus Stadium to play the Eagles. And for a club that has struggled for the last couple of years, certainly since their little mini resurgence around that 2011-2010 sort of mark there, 
They've been down on form as a club for a couple of years now. Despite that, Keys, the Eagles haven't always buried them. It's not like we uh, we put them away too readily. The last time we had a big, big win against Carlton was back in 2015. We beat them by 69 points. Very nice win there. But since then, seven-point win, 17, 10, 24. We're getting the job done, but these are games that we're going in as strong favourites. And uh, Carlton managed to stick around. They certainly managed to push us right to the end. Given the weather's a bit of an equaliser for the Eagles, and you know, given that Carlton will now have been in Perth for a little while, they've had a bit of time to uh, adjust and acclimatise possibly to the Optus Stadium surface. What are you expecting to see this week in terms of Carlton's intensity and, and how are they going to keep it close? How are they going to keep our score down? Yeah, I, I think my, my sort of memory of the last few games is ones where they've, they've managed to drag us down to their level to a degree. And I think, I think at least in a couple of those games, I, I think they've kicked some goals late that, that sort of made it appear a, a bit closer than what the the game really was, but they they we have sort of struggled to put them away. So with the wet weather, I, I think it'll be another. You know, rain seems to be our kryptonite, so it's going to be one of those games where I I can't see us burning them off by any stretch. I think it's going to be a bit of a slog, just a a, a real battle. It just depends on how much their intent is. I mean, they started like a house on fire against Hawthorne the the other day, and then just gave it up and just sort of decided they wanted to go back to Victoria or whatever. I don't know what the f*** they did, but they turned it up. So I imagine they'll be wanting to, uh, you know, redeem themselves a little bit from what was a pretty disappointing performance against Hawthorne over a season where they've actually been really quite competitive in most of their games, even the ones they lost. I think they only lost by only three points to Port. And, you know, the games they have lost other than Hawthorne, they've been fairly close in. So... I think it's going to be the weather's going to be make it a scrap. I can't see it being a particularly clean game, and it's just going to be one for us where our guys are just going to have to be prepared to get their hands dirty and um, put their head over the ball and just grind out a win as best they can. And I think they will, I think it, but I can't see the manager being much more than you know two or three goals like it has been in, in recent times against Carlton. We might as well do a prediction now then, Keys. Do you want to put a number on it specifically just so you can gloat next week if we uh, if we do, in fact, nail that margin? Oh, We'll go 15. And Miguel, for yourself, are the Eagles going to do the business, make it six in a row in season 2020? Uh, yeah, I actually had them by 14, so pretty close. Yeah, uh, it'll it'll really depend on that, uh, you know, whether we can get on top in the midfield, we can ride Nat Nui's probable dominance over, over Pitnet and um, just you know, direct him not to hit the Crips, um, their Crips, because otherwise they don't have a huge amount going around in the midfield at the moment. Hope that doesn't come back to bite me. Um, but yeah, just uh, uh, ride that Nui's dominance, get our midfield on top, get the ball forward, and then um, uh, rely on guys like Cameron and and Alcrips and Hutchings if he plays, and and Ryan if he plays, and so on, just to lock it in there and um, generate some repeat entries and um, uh, repeat scoring chances. So yeah. I've picked us by 15, uh, by 14, and I'm saying our best will be uh, Jared Cameron because he's he's had a bit of a run at it now. He's built up some fitness while playing, and you know, a wet-weather game, I think, will be tailor-made for him. So if he can bob up and you know, kick maybe three goals, that'll be a great return for him. Very nice. Very nice indeed. For myself, I will go the Eagles. I've got them here by 28. I don't know whether I'd considered the weather enough when I wrote this down, but it's written down. It's set in stone. The Eagles are going to win by 28 points. Best on ground, 
Luke Shuey, the last few times we've played Carlton, I've got a uh, recollection of the way they defend our ball use, basically, is to just stack the back line. And I think that's going to lead to a lot of touches for your mids, you know, your, your, your yos, your shoeys, your gaffs, these sort of guys. But all it takes is that one great kick, that one awesome inside 50 to cut open. And bombing it long isn't going to get it done, even if the weather sort of reduces the skill level a little bit. Bombing into the 50 where Carlton have two spare backs isn't going to get it done. So I'm going to back in somebody like Shuey to carve through that Carlton defence and, uh, and lead us to victory on the weekend, making it six in a row. Now, Keys, I'll get a best player on ground from you, and I will also just say if we do in fact win, like we have all predicted this week, it will take Shannon Hearn to first in the club's history uh, for wins. He will have the most wins in Eagles history. Currently tied with Guy McKenna on 165 wins. And in his 279th game, he could not win number 166. Keys, who is going to impress us for the Eagles? I'm going to continue my man love from this podcast for Duggan. I think wet conditions, strong body, I think he'll, uh, he'll do really well. I think Duggan will be our best. I like earlier, I think you referred to him as the hair apparent, which I assume was a, it was beautiful. I assume was a, a point to his magnificent mullet at the moment. Oh, the mullet's, yeah, he's got the Dirk Diggler look going beautifully. Dirk Douglas, are we going with that on the board? Is that, <laughs> can we push that? <laughs> we can push that. All right, let's push that. Beautiful. That will do it from us this week. Thanks very much for listening. Keys, Miguel, thanks very much for coming on the show. It's been fantastic having you on. Miguel, are you getting to the footy this week? Yeah, and I didn't make enough of an effort to get... I missed my old seats and I didn't make enough of an effort to make sure I got seats undercover. So it could be a very wet one. Or I could just spend the whole game at the bar. <laughs> very good, very good indeed. Keys, back on the show, back in business. You're dropping the nicknames left, right and centre. Very much appreciated. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, no, it's good to be back for a, for a surprise stint. As I said, that will do it from us for the week. I set it up the top, but if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, you now can. Twitter, at WCEBFpod. We're on Big Footy, of course, but we're also on iTunes. We're on Spotify as well. There's plenty of ways to get in contact with the show. Send us through your three-word review. You can get in contact and say you'd like to come on the show. You can ask the group a question, anything like that. It's all appreciated, so make sure you follow us on all the various channels. Otherwise, we will talk to you this time next week. We'll be previewing a big clash against the Hawks. We'll be recapping a big win against the Blues, and we will talk to you then. Thanks very much. Bye now. Bye. Bye. There's plenty of ways to get in contact with the show. Send us through your three route. Send us through your three. Oh my god, I cannot <laughs> speak. I'm definitely putting that in at the end. Fucking hell. <laughs>